It was Obama's birthday. Yay. Oh, my God. He's 55. Yo, Barack Lives Matter. <laughs> Barack Lives Matter. Great. Good. <laughs> Good. I hope you're recording this. Are you recording all this, Yannick? No, I'm not. Yannick, of course not. Turn it on yeah, so crazy. that way we get the banter and I have actually sh- to play before the episode. <laughs> Yannick's why we can't have nice things. August 8th, 2016. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick. And. Oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Pixels Weekly. Hey, we've got a special guest on the show today, everybody. And we didn't brief him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I always like to see what, how someone responds when they're just kind of thrust upon them the intro and uh, mr leon cox is joining us from the Canaan rinse podcast and and, and others as well sound of play mm-hmm. right yep those are those are my two these days yeah uh many years ago i was on another one which is long since finished called gamer dork that was how i started but um yeah Canaan rinse and sound of play are my babies yes it's really great to have you and hopefully you, if, if you've heard any other episodes of our show, you know we're crazy, so you have to be the sort of voice of reason in this show. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you give the real reviews, the real perspective. Well, yeah, well, you know, we're, we're, quite, we're quite serious and intense on Cana Rinse, but I'm not really like that in real life a lot of the time, so um, hopefully I can, uh, I, can, I can hang with the cool kids oh, for a you're bit. you're going to let your hair down. You're going to yeah. be just as crazy. May I say I've been hanging out on your website for 20 minutes just playing with the logo that wiggles when you're over, over it <laughs> on caneandrins.com. So, yeah, you've been part of oh. my entertainment of those last 20 minutes. That recently oh, got redesigned, you. too, didn't it? Didn't I, I feel like... Uh, some months ago, yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't remember exactly when it was. But, yeah, um, my man, my right-hand man, without whom um, Kane and Rins wouldn't exist, Jay, Jay Taylor. He's um, yeah, I met him back in the Game of Dork days and... Um, he he does all the technical website stuff and a lot of the podcast editing and he's also artistic so he does the artwork for the podcasts and uh, yeah without him uh, it's just all ideas in my head he's the one who actually makes makes these things um, turn out real he like you know without him I wouldn't even know how to get a podcast on iTunes he does all that stuff so uh, cool. I, I write the shows and host the shows and research the shows but he's uh, he's he facilitates. Um, us being actually out there instead of just uh, yeah a pure bedroom project or a, a something <laughs> in my imagination. So. Yeah, I've always thought that that's kind of weird the way that you know like Hollywood will say would call like well Leon's the talent, <laughs> and that yeah. sort of like implies that like no one else is allowed to possess talent in the production of something. Oh yeah, I mean, Kane uh, uh, Rince um, is is a is a completely uh, a, a group. Uh, project it it wouldn't work without the large number of contributors we have 
um, to the podcast because of the format of the show and uh, and also the community as well, who provide us with some of the most insightful and uh, and passionate feedback we get for every game we cover so yeah. uh yeah i'm i'm i guess i'm the you know the 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 front man or whatever for for a lot of the shows and 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 it's the kind of the whole thing is mainly my brainchild but uh yeah without without everyone else it it's um yeah well i didn't do anything about it until 2011 by which time i was already 39 years old so <laughs> i needed a lot of i needed a lot of help and a lot of uh a lot of poking to to get these things out there but uh yeah it's 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 happened now there it is. Well, very cool. I mean, to for people who are just tuning in, because we have the uh, the incredibly gracious Leon who agreed to be on the show. We start off our show with what's in our minds, what we're playing, and what's in the news. It's called the Hodgepodge. And uh, Yannick, Sandy, Leon, what's everybody's Hodgepodge this week? We all know that I'm super into esports, and Leon, I love esports. That's my my thing. <laughs> you need to That's know that. cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm always talking about some event or something that's going on. And this week, we have the International Six, $20 million on the line. Main stage starts on Monday, and it ends August 13th. I am am super excited. I'm upset there are no Demi Heroes, because I can't buy that this year. What is a Dem Hero? What is a Dem Hero? A demi hero is a little plastic toy of one of the Dota two characters. Oh, they've had it every year except this so, one. I, again, and now we've been running running this for three months. If Sandy doesn't mention the game, it is Dota two. <laughs> <laughs> if she mentioned the, the the prize pool, she mentioned the name of the tournament, doesn't mention the game, it's gonna be Dota two. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, it's the superior it game. God. It's funny you say that because there is many tournaments. It's the summer. It's the it's the esports season. We got Rocket League happening right now as we record it. Uh, got some. I mean, yesterday I was watching some Destiny tournament. Um, nothing, nothing on the same scope though. Exactly. But, it's the only thing that matters. Twenty T-I. million dollars. Wait. So it's next week. Bucks. It starts on. It's actually been ongoing since June, and okay. the <laughs> main stage finals start on monday so and the main stage finals are like that's the super bowl for dota 2 yes that's exactly it and can i watch it on like espn or do i do it on the internet how does it work it was on espn last year and it was it debuted on espn uh two years ago when i was there for ti4 it's on watch espn on the internet youtube twitch steam broadcasting it's everywhere. Okay. Right. So you wanna you wanna convince Ryan a bit more because now he knows another type of competitive play, which is Overwatch, where he gets salty on a lot. So you <laughs> yes, need you need bad. you need to sell him on Dota two and what's gonna make him watch this channel, watch this tournament. Well, I've next played week. Dota two. It's just like I can't believe you can win twenty million dollars playing a video game. It seems <laughs> okay. like another dimension to me. Yeah. Well, it's it's a team-based game, so first place goes home with $8 million, and it gets trickled down, so everyone gets something. It's not like loser goes home empty-handed. Uh, last year, the prize pool was $18 million, and Team Evil Geniuses, they each went home with like a million dollars. And then this year, Sandy bought $2 million worth of skins. <laughs> <laughs> And goodies and all. That's what I do. I, I make it rain. the prize pool. 
Um, well, my uh, hodgepodge for the week is I. It's not even really a video game thing, but I guess I could talk about a video game too. Um, first of all, I saw Suicide Squad. I thought that movie was bad. That's my official oh, review. Okay. <laughs> um, although, I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, no. Margot Robbie's great, though. She's as great as Harley Quinn. And, That's what I've heard. Um, the, for video game stuff, Overwatch is doing Olympics uh, this yeah, they week are. or for the next few weeks. and Until August 22nd. Until August 22nd. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. And uh, one of the events that they're doing is called Lucio Ball. And Lucio Ball is, uh, after playing it a few matches, quite bad. I think I don't. I don't care. <laughs> um, it's so much. It so much wants to be Rocket League, but it, it feels a little too much like, um, like Blizzard had a, a hack day or a hack week, and somebody put it together, and they were like, "Look, you can kind of make soccer with this." Um, it doesn't feel great, but there's still a lot of really great skins and uh, collectibles and uh, goodies in all of your loot boxes now till the end of the month or till the 22nd, apparently. Um, so go check Leon, that out. Leon, do you play you play Overwatch as well? Uh, I played a little Overwatch. I do have it um, on my PC. I think I uh, destroyed my uh, c- previous graphics card with it um, <laughs> no. by turning really? everything up too high and, and cooking my card. I think um, maybe it was on its way out anyway. But uh, So that was the excuse I needed to go and buy a, a fancy new graphics card. I got a, <laughs> uh, a 1070, um, so recent, recently installed that. Um, so, yes, I can play Overwatch, and it looks amazing. Um, on my PC, but uh, my schedule, as as you will hear and as you understand, and I don't just want this to be one long plunk for my other podcast, but <laughs> the nature of our other podcast is that our playlist is very much dictated by the games we're covering on, on that show. So I haven't played as much Overwatch as I'd like, but what I have played, I've enjoyed. I haven't even tried all the characters yet. You know, that's how... Yeah. Um, I, I certainly got nowhere near um, a favourite. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, the whole esports scene uh, is pretty amazing to me. Like I, the Actually playing of games like Dota, League of Legends has passed me by. Um, and I understand that the, the thing about those is you need to like dedicate an enormous amount of time to actually get good at them. So they're probably not for me because I like to be playing kind of everything at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but having sort of grown up my life has been in tandem with the video game industry i was born in the same year as pong and the first game i remember was playing sort of space invaders as a like a six-year-old kid and so to see you know millions of people playing the same game for millions of dollars in prize money is pretty i think it's pretty amazing you know because uh i you know i still remember being at school and being you know slightly uh uh standing apart from the others because i was into this you know geeky geeky little hobby that um you know pr- probably was just a flash in the pan or a f- or a phase that wasn't really going to come to anything and uh, it was you know just um yeah just a, just another fad was was the thought for uh, about from many adults and, and other people about video games and computer games when i was a kid but i think i think it hasn't come to pass that that's the case it still seems to be doing quite quite well yeah you, you are. It, it's it's interesting for us because we all grew up. Uh, I remember when I started really understanding what video games are, and when I started playing shooters or anything that would be um, competitive friendly. I would start seeing it on TV. It would really, you know, pop up in the early two thousand, and uh, 
and and is there some kind of for you do you see some kind of a conflict of generation where you see that's not my thing like that's not the video game that i want to that i want to watch is there is there something or you really also get interested into all those and sometimes tune in 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 case you have time do you mean like actually sort of n not being interested in watching the the kind of the games that are of a certain genre or or of a certain yeah you know you see you see the crowd even when i look at all those all the um, and i'm not mentioning any specific game because when i look at the crowd and they fill up stadiums with fans mm. and everything and those guys mm. are all you know quite young and quite you know yeah yeah just you know quite just like new in video games where they've only knew <laughs> known the the yeah. The, the the comfort of uh, around video games and, and and pc and everything and having uh online services pretty much for free for you delivered um mm. do you do you feel quite you know distant from that or do you do you see it really being interesting i know what you mean um yeah i don't feel part of that scene necessarily like it, it feels that you know video games as a whole now is so large that it yeah you can't it's impossible for for like me to be on top of everything like i used to be the guy who perhaps in the you know 80s 90s um like i'd I felt like I'd played a bit of everything. Do you know what I mean? Like I'd played some of every game, and I could talk with authority about most genres and 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 most types of game. But I couldn't tell you the first thing about Dota or League of Legends. You know, I, yeah, I, they right. they are so much their own thing, and and even genres that I am, uh, you know, I've played a lot of, and I'm familiar with the you know fighting games, for instance. The mm -hmm. the 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 fighting game community enjoys these games on a whole another level and they have their own language their own lexicon um and i don't always like i people will know when i talk about stuff on on podcasts i don't always use the kind of the hippest terminology and the latest phrases i just because i you know i almost sort of my interest in them predates all that language coming about and and i haven't kept up Like I'm not closely affiliated with any one particular scene, so uh, so I talk in layman's terms about about any kind of game, but I'm not really like an expert on too many kinds of game other than games that are really old, <laughs> like stuff you know stuff from stuff from the '80s. I can talk about with authority in the '90s, but um, but that but as I say, but I love it. I, lo I love the fact that you know Minecraft became this phenomenon and. Uh, And these are yeah, Starcraft and stuff like that. Like I, yeah. I remember when Starcraft uh, first came out, the the first game. Yeah. Um, and I had no, you know, that seemed like a you know a fun niche real time strategy game that would get a small or you know a reasonable audience and then and then you know fade away or be replaced by something else. And, and Korea and, had other ideas. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it became this whole great big thing unto itself and i mean yeah and and the mmo scene as well is something that i've never really engaged with fully i've oh, never right. played world yeah. of warcraft and um and 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 that's a whole you know thing with with millions and millions of subscribers across multiple different games loads of which have gone free to play and and they and again they have their own passionate dedicated scenes and i think that's all fantastic but from my point of view like I'm I'm all about trying to play as many different games as possible and have as many different experiences. So although certain games and genres are staples and and regular fixtures of my life, I'm trying to you know before I before I shuffle off this mortal coil, I'm trying to complete as many different video games as possible. <laughs> yeah, 
I it, weirdly, uh, I guess it just it happened in this past week, and I don't know if anybody else was going to talk about this and in, in their sort of hodgepodge, but. I guess uh, there's claims now that No Man's Sky is going to be about 30, 40 or so hours if you're really trying to speed through it. And um, in in a weird way, that kind of provided me with relief because I was like, I do want to try a large swath of games. And obviously in the fall, we're hit so frequently with so many titles and a lot of them are, are usually pretty high quality. So I, like the I was almost... a. F- I was excited about No Man's Sky, but almost afraid of it coming of like, okay, is this now going <laughs> to demand from me hours a day or hours, even, you know, tens of hours a week where I would not be able to sort of sample and enjoy everything else that's going to come out this season. Yeah, short games can be a, a, a blessing um, sometimes. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's a there's a website we use a lot called How Long to Beat. And um and I'm uh, this is not because I think that games should be you know just uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't savor them and you should just rattle through everything and mainline the story and, and ignore everything else because I think there are definitely games that are worth you know keeping in your life having on a regular rotation and and keeping on a playlist and returning to time and time again but it's very nice to cleanse your palate or 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 actually have the the buzz of clearing something every so often and if you can find a game that's you know one hour to five hours long that you can finish uh, over an evening or whatever that's quite nice i did um i did inside in one sitting a few weekends back from uh, from 10 p.m until 2 a.m and um you know I, d- I didn't find all the secrets on that first playthrough but i i went back but just to play through that entire experience in in one sitting was it was intense and atmospheric and i had you know closure at the end and uh, obviously with that game there's a lot of thinking to be done after you've done it to decide sort of what the point was and and what actually happened but yeah. it was nice to have that self-contained experience without thinking and now I've got a whole load of more games piling up on my, on my never-ending uh backlog which yeah my life's mission is to is to clear that <laughs> <laughs> and what we can get into this in a little bit but it's certainly funny as a as a kind of a long time listener of your show, hearing you talk about a game that's pretty new, <laughs> mm. <laughs> so hearing your your thoughts on Inside is uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. We should talk more about it. Yeah. Mm. Um, Yannick, did you have any hodgepodge or? Yes, I did. All I right, did. What is it? Even though we're we're already getting into the I know our, the meat, our editorial and the meat, the sweet, but sweet I bacon. I really want to mention this one because it wasn't hard for me to find it. You know, some some days I'm like hodgepodge. I'm gonna have to bring up some news. I'm gonna have to document myself. But this week I had a quite a bit of time to play my own games a little bit, and so uh, I I started playing Overcooked at work. I bought it to play it with colleagues, and it's that old school couch co-op culinary slash platform game. Um, I forgot who made it. I need to research that. But it's an amazing thing. Pick it up. It's on PS4, $16. And you basically um, go through kitchens and make onion soup and tomato soup to go through levels. <laughs> um, you know, it could it could be like a mobile game if they if they if they wanted to with the with the type of um, level completion. You know, you you complete one, you can go to the next level if you get to two stars. But you know, you obviously want to complete everything 100% with three stars, three out of three stars, and um, and you go through. It, it's a good it's a good mix of uh, they don't go too far in some of those old web games that you would play when you would do those stupid you know like handle that re- restaurant management games. 
uh, they would not go too far in the amount of recipe you would make, but they would they yeah. put more depth in the platform experience. So your character has a dash button. It has a cut, you know, cut the vegetables button, and he has a grab and and release button when you like plate. You want to plate your burger and put the burger on the on the on the mat to to be delivered, and. Uh, and you 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 play out four and it's just a huge mess and he gets it gets loud and he gets super fun and the characters have this have those behaviors and those you know this way of running that is like super cute and at the same time super funny um the, the, i love the graphics and he gets it gets really tricky after after a while you leave a normal kitchen to get to a nicey platform where when you do those fish and chips, you got to be careful you're not dropping everything in the water and die with it. Um, <laughs> I just, it, there was like so many, so many fun levels. Uh, there is one also where somehow your kitchen is divided between two trucks and those trucks, you know, like are, are, are linked by another truck on the other lane that goes and travels between those two. And so you need to somehow coordinate. And of course, you know, where you cut the vegetables is not where you're gonna cook them or where you're gonna cut the fish is not where you're gonna cook it in the frying pan. Um, and it's not, and you have to take care of cleaning the dishes. So it's all like weird call outs between friends. You know, it's like a good team building experience. And we played that for like four hours. I think we're halfway through. Uh, but I can't wait to finish that game. It's just like such a blast. I haven't, I haven't, we just talked about it. With all that online gaming thing, I haven't found a couch co-op experience um, in a while like this. Of course, I play a lot of FIFA, but this type of interaction, I feel like the last time I played it was, the last time I felt it was with something like Mario Party uh, on GameCube uh, with my cousins. I think it was six, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's it. It was a blast. I would I would ask you guys to buy it, but there is no. I don't th even think there is an online feature. the The funniest thing is that you can still play with four people if you have two controllers. They do those game split settings, you know. So you have one, you know, basically two people are gonna hold one controller, and uh, oh my you, god, you, yeah. So like one stick for one stick for eight each. And uh, and uh, and um, the triggers in the back for you to control your character, but it gets <laughs> it, get, it, it gets really tricky. It gets really tricky at the point where we are right now. Even each other having our own controllers, uh, I don't see how it's possible when some two people hold one controller. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's light. You know, you don't ask yourself too many questions. You plug in, you jump in, uh, and you cook your pizza. You try to deliver as fast as possible. Um, it's it's just yeah. I've I've always liked those culinary thing that like stupid like make your make the food hold the, uh, handle the restaurant, but this one added a little bit a a, a better touch to it. So, did you play Order Up on the Wii or on the PS3? No, nope. That was a cool that was a cool fun cooking game uh, with various various mini games. I think they were uh, handheld or mobile versions as well. It's worth checking out if you want to do some solo restaurant restauranteering and <laughs> oh, cooking. Yeah. I can go yeah. back into that. What, what's it, what, how do you call it? Order up. Uh, yeah. Order up. As in order up. As in <laughs> what you shout. Yeah. No, I just um, just to, to to wrap them on Overcooked. It was made. It was published by Team Seventeen, who are the publishers of and developers of Worms. Oh. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of perspective on what we're talking about. And the developers are Ghost Town Games. Uh, designer is Phil Duncan. So that's for all the all the people out there interested in, in, interested in that. 
Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Liam. The uh, sharing controllers thing takes me right back. It's something they did um, with micro machines on the uh, when they, oh, when, yeah. they when they put four player. Um, playability uh play play option although they later on they they did the thing on the mega drive where you could have um where it had the j cart which was the multi-tap uh extra joysticks actually through the cartridge rather than having to buy a separate multi-tap which was a, a great idea but but they also did uh sharing controllers so one one of you would uh have the d-pad on, on a you know on an old-fashioned uh, 16-bit controller. One of you would steer your car with a D-pad, and the other one would use uh, two of the, you know, two of the three buttons to steer. And um, yeah, it never ended well because inevitably, <laughs> in a competitive environment, you're you're trying to desperately trying to wrestle that off uh, off off your, your off your competitor. That's what I would so, guess. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you know, could add a whole a whole extra layer of fun. <laughs> well, that's it's nice to have that sort of bail option of like, I'm not doing well, better just steal the controller out of the opponent's hands. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Leon, I, you're invited to have HodgePodge, too, if you, if you have some. <laughs> I know you're probably um, playing something on behalf of your podcast. Yeah. yeah um, so we're covering the entire Legend of Zelda series. Um, but I'm currently between Zelda games, um, sort of. Well, I'm, I never am, but I sort of am because uh, it's a long story. But we finished. We're up to Wind Waker. We've just we've done a podcast on Wind Waker, um, and next up we decided to do um, the Four Swords and Four Swords Adventure game. And unfortunately, going back and replaying that has proved rather more challenging than I would have liked. But um, I completed I completed Four Swords Adventures back in the day, so I'm having a slight gap. Uh, before playing the Minish Cap, which I never finished before. Um, so I'm currently uh, preparing for future podcast of uh, a relatively recent game, Grand Theft Auto V. You may have heard of that one. Yes. Uh, yeah. We did We did GTA 4 a few years back, and uh, we haven't gone back and done the earlier ones because there's no real desire to, to play them among the team, but never say never. Um, so yeah, I've gone back to GTA 5, and this time I'm playing it. Uh, I played it through on PS3 at the time when it when it first came out and uh, was suitably impressed but this time I'm playing it through on PS4 in first person mode which was added for the uh, for the the current gen versions oh, wow. and the PC version yeah um, and uh, yeah that another thing about being old as I am um, is that uh, growing up when graphics were were extremely simple i you know i'm assuming all you guys ages by the way but i i reckon you're you all sound about 20 years younger than me so <laughs> okay. uh um, so, you know, I remember when graphics were literally just white, big fat white pixels on a on a black screen. So when I fire up GTA 5 on the PS4, and I know you can make the PC version look even more amazing, and I am quite tempted since I got that new graphics card. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the game world in GTA 5 is just blows me away. Every time I fire it up, the level yeah. of detail, the lighting, the weather, uh, the, the... It seems impossible, doesn't it? It it is it it is it's it's that thing Arthur C. Clarke said about where you know technology is in, indistinguishable from magic. It's like I know a lot of I know I understand you know I've got a lot of friends who are developers. I sort of understand on a on a very basic level how this game gets made by a lot of people over a lot of years for a lot of money, and it's you know it's a big polygon mesh and it's got textures over it and and all this you know I sort of fundamentally understand but actually to witness it in motion we're now at a point where 
And obviously, the, I'm playing this in 1080p, and in another few years, we're going to be looking at games which are going to make this look really fuzzy and in, blurry and indistinct, like when you go back to a to a PS3 game sometimes now, a 360-era mm-hmm. game. It's hard to imagine because that was high def just a few years ago, but now when you go back to some of those after playing PC versions, it's like, ooh, whoa, I don't remember it looking this smeary. Now I'm yeah. looking at GTA 5 on PS4 and thinking it looks almost photorealistic but in a few years time it will look blurry and smeary and not realistic but right now um i yeah i just the world they created in that game it blows my mind it's it's unusual uh i was talking about jay earlier and we 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 wanted to discuss something the other day and we were both online so we just both went into the gta online client and just (laughs) went for a walk in the game (laughs) We just like because he lives. He used to live in the same town as me in Brighton, in the south of England. But he's uh, he moved away coincidentally enough for his wife uh, to take a job with Rockstar in Lincoln oh, uh, to do Japanese localization. So yeah, strange, strange, uh, strange thing that. But yeah, so we we met up in, you know, in Los Santos in GTA Online, and we didn't start playing any of the modes. We didn't start you know robbing shops or anything we just went to a few points on the map that were pretty and walked about and watched the moon reflecting on the water and and all that sort of thing so yeah that's that's just for me um it's kind of miraculous and uh and and you know i I love games that are set in fantasy worlds and in space and i'm looking forward to no man's sky right now and um you know i i've always loved the fantasy side of things perhaps even more but in terms of um, sort of recreating a, a relatively realistic real-world scenario, albeit one that's plastered in comic adverts and and you know is perhaps emphasises the seedier side of life in the the things you can do. Although having said that, you can go cycling, swimming, and playing playing tennis as well as go to a strip club. So, um, but actually, just the way that the way that game looks, the way you can just go from one point to another completely uninterrupted i know you know to to people who have grown up with the with games being like that but when i i remember first playing a game uh called it was a game called mercenary in 1985 escape from targ and you started uh on a spaceship that crash lands on a planet and this was the first game i'd played it was wireframe vector graphics uh, oh cool I, it was a it was a green floor and a blue sky and you know there was there was no tire there was no you know day night cycle or anything like that but you could fly all the way around this planet and you would find structures and ships would be flying about of their own accord and you could go into underground bases but you know if you looked at it now it's you know it's just incredibly simplistic wireframe graphics uh but at the time when i was 13 years old and technology was where it was uh, it blew my mind, and and in some ways, GTA Five, thirty years on, kind of kind of does the same thing in terms of creating a space for me to to be in. Uh, yeah, I met. We were talking about whether they're going to bring GTA Five or online or something to virtual reality because it's starting to get uh, right. starting to get scary stuff. Although you know what the problem is with you walking around in GTA with your friend is you couldn't catch any Pokemon. And that's <laughs> well it's only a matter of time uh, I, I imagine i imagine the pc version i expect someone's working on a mod for that right now <laughs> yes mm. that's true you know it's it's a testament to that game and, and what rockstar has done where like you know 
just very casually inside of Grand Theft Auto V is like a really good tennis game. Yeah. Yeah, and a golf game. And yeah. and an internet, sort of. <laughs> right. Uh, an yeah. internet game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's extraordinary, yeah. It's extraordinarily complete, yeah. One game you should, uh, you were mentioning uh, trying uh, GTA on on um on your pc one game because uh, i saw you guys doing uh you already did a review of dark souls one and two and uh, yeah dark souls three is really worth trying i'm I'm playing it on ps4 and and i, I feel bad not having a pc because the frame drop is sometimes a little bit it doesn't ruin the experience but i've heard amazing uh reviews of mm. uh, the, the the pc graphics if you have a 1070 like you do now uh yeah uh, I'm I'm very behind with the Souls games. Um, I oh haven't really? Been on, oh, so you on didn't... those shows? No, I okay. wasn't part. I wasn't part of those shows. Uh, uh, okay. I handed those over to our resident Souls experts, of which we have many very passionate uh, <laughs> Souls. I'm afraid I'm still I'm still on Demon Souls, uh, and and I love it, and I, I really really like those games. But um, yeah, I, the first thing I would do would be uh, to when I when I play Dark Souls, I do have the PC version, so I'm going to play that with all the mods uh, that you can get. <laughs> um, to make to make that look really really apparently you can make that look like a million times nicer than the rather perfunctory port that the PC version got um, and then yeah so if I play that on uh, on PC I'll probably end up playing uh, two and three on PC as well so yeah definitely always like a bit of extra graphics power yeah why not right especially you you paid for that 1070 let's get those I, I did going. yes <laughs> yeah. um. So, uh, obviously, if we have any new listeners this week, it's because you are here on the show with us. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure that, you know, they listen to Kane and Ren, so they're familiar with that. I think this is an opportunity for us to talk to you about how, how did Kane and Ren start? If, you, if you've been through that stuff before, then maybe how do you guys decide what games you're going to review, uh-huh. all that type of stuff? Okay, um, so we started uh, in yeah uh, the autumn of 2011. Um, we basically, you know, the the video games podcast scene's changed a bit since then. Um, but there were there were certain kinds of um, podcasts that were very very well catered for. So we didn't want to make just another one of those necessarily. Um, we'd done a uh, the show that we'd done before, Gamer Dork, was, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was around right in the sort of early days of video games podcasting. And it, it had a, a very um, loyal and passionate following. Uh, it was a very sort of, you know, it was a lighthearted show and we did what we'd been playing and news and all that fun stuff. But um, I just decided I wanted to make something slightly different. Uh, and there, there were a couple of other shows around that had sort of either attempted to uh, cover the sort of one game at a time in depth kind of thing, but most of them hadn't mm-hmm. really stuck at it. And I think probably the main reason for that is that it's incredibly demanding of time. And I think traditionally, like a podcast is is the same small group of people coming together e- each week or even, you know, the exact same group of people. Um, so we thought, well, how can we, how can we, you know, cover games in depth uh, that... And also, um, and and you know, and also keep it going. And and the answer was to gather together a larger panel of people, a, a greater pool of people, which also yeah. means that you get a, a a wider spread of different types of games. I wanted us to cover um, games of all genres, all ages, all formats. I didn't want us to have any um, any bias whatsoever towards any type of game. We didn't. I didn't want us to treat games differently 
depend you know it, it wouldn't matter whether a game had a tiny development budget or advertising budget or a huge one or whether it was a, a 30 meg down download or a or a 50 gig download i didn't want us to go into the game treating it any differently i just wanted us to talk without hyperbole about the experiences it gave us and, and our honest response to it and you, you mentioned earlier about not covering new games um, and that's part of that like GTA 5 is probably about as new a game as we'll cover um, a yeah. couple of years you know, the, the, like the last version of that is a couple of years ago as it turns out the online mode that we're going to talk about is, is still very much um, being added to and developed um, but that's cool uh, but the reason for that is to is to get out of of the both the hype and the backlash zones for games because our response to games, uh, as we know, tends to uh, change over time depending on our, our relationship with it, and also I think the perception of of what a game is and what it means to people changes over time. Um, we didn't we didn't want to go into games just sort of reeling off the the cliches. Uh, you know, um, we we don't ever we never say stuff like you know best game ever worst game ever um <laughs> yeah. anything like that uh we, we pretty much ban stuff like that from the from the podcast and we also uh try really really hard to express ourselves that the game that our experience of the game is is our own and it's our own opinion and you might share it but it is only ever our own opinion we're never trying to say this game is the best game in this genre or this game is better than that game or this game is rubbish because and that sort of that dictating of opinions and expressing them as if they're facts i think is a bit of a blight on a lot of um sort of games media yeah Uh, the fact is that everything is subjective and you know, you somebody out there, and we know this for a fact. So we covered, for instance, here's a, here's a reasonable example. When we did uh, Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link, now everyone on the panel uh, struggled to play that game in the year 2015-16 because right. <laughs> uh, it's it's a tough game to play in a lot of ways. We all found it. Uh, as it turned out, the whole panel was fairly much similar on it. Some of us had a tougher time than others. Um, there were issues in that because it's so tough, we used uh, save states on the 3DS, which arguably kind of changes the experience. But one of the commitments we make is to actually play a game all the way through to the end rather than just talking about the first third or a half of it like a lot of podcasts do. Um, and, of course, you know, the a lot of a lot of the correspondence we got for, for Zelda 2 was nobody likes Zelda 2. Zelda 2 is the rubbish Zelda, you know, this sort of thing. <laughs> and actually... We also got some correspondence from people who love that game, who have completed that game inside out, top to bottom, multiple times. They can do it without losing, you know, without dying. Um, They think it's their favorite, you know, they'd say it's the best Zelda, it's their favorite Zelda. So we can't go into into any particular game, you know, making assumptions about what other people like and don't like. We can only give our own experiences. And and that's what it's all about, really. And, And hopefully... Um, encourage people to share theirs as I, as I said earlier one of the, the most important parts although we, we can talk for two hours about uh, you know we, we kind of go through each element of the game uh, It's sometimes it's development if we've got in, interesting information on that um, various versions and we try to tackle each of the facets of the game the visual, the audio visual side and yeah, the aesthetic and, and then also in individual elements of the gameplay how we feel they did with the uh the script and the story where relevant some games of course aren't finishable and we'll talk about those you know as a whole we'll talk about games which some people say aren't games because they have no obvious ludological 
uh, elements. So you know, somebody might call something a walking simulator, but if it's yeah. if it's interactive and it's digital, we'll we'll talk about it under the umbrella of the video game, even if it doesn't actually demand any. You know, if it doesn't have any actual sort of gameplay beyond moving about, we're not we're not worried about that. Um, and how we choose, well. We have a big list, basically. Um, We have a big list that we add to, everyone on the team adds to. uh, We take every suggestion from the community and add that to the list. Uh, It's currently over 1,400 games long. We've covered... (laughs) Wow. Goodness. We've covered 230-something games, probably more because we've done a few series podcasts where we've felt that we've managed to just about cover a whole series in a single show sometimes a series will get a mul- multiple shows so we we do slightly bend the rules on giving everything the same amount of coverage and in certain situations um it's it's mainly i do it by feel it's 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 down to me and and how I, what what i feel will make the best show or series of shows um and yeah so we add everything to that we have a we have a system where uh, everybody on the team marks whether they're interested in talking about a particular game or not whether they finished it whether they want to talk about it or whether they could be persuaded to finish it and talk about it to a schedule to a to a deadline if we decide to do the show then every uh every year uh, me and tony who's one of the other co-founders of cane and rinse who sort of uh is has a has a good understanding and feel for for this part of the process uh we we go through the list and we pick our next 50, basically our year's worth of podcasts. Um, and yeah, we, we, we try to make a nice spread as, as much as we can, a spread of genres and formats and eras. And yeah, that's it really. It's um, that's, that's a big part of the fun um, is, is doing that. But we also have to consider uh, realistically whether we're going to have time to actually uh, finish these games on a you know I, I, I think I host about probably about two thirds of the shows I'd, I've never counted up but um, but I have to think about my my actual life schedule I have another job and uh, and a partner and uh, you know so I can't just I right. can't just as much as I'd like to I can't just spend 75 hours a week on cane and rinse although I sometimes <laughs> do and um, so yeah for instance this current uh, volume as we call them this year's worth of shows we're doing one zelda show every month um we're, we're doing three other games in between times obviously that's partly because not all of our listeners are going to be interested in every single zelda game um and also it's partly so that nearly all the other games that we're covered either i'm not on that show or it's something that i know inside out or back to front and i've already completed multiple times so that i don't need to play it as on top of my (laughs) zelda backlog so yeah that's how it works and that's what we do in a nutshell is there a a game that you would say changed your life and kind of put you on this path to (laughs) playing video games and devoting what sounds like a good chunk of your life to video games wow Bonk. I think, yeah. Well, yeah. I did play. I did play some of those back on. Uh, it, honestly, it probably those those were formative experiences when um, when they first started bringing those uh, black and white video TV consoles, as they used to call them, uh, TV game consoles. Uh, I, we didn't have a lot of money, but some of my friends had them, and it was you know you could plug this thing into the TV, and you could play pong, or amazingly enough, you could play soccer, which was pong with 
two bats instead of one bat and uh, and still a square ball uh, and it would have multiple variants so hockey uh, <laughs> uh, and that sort of thing it was basically all the same uh, bats on on other, either side Move of the screen square around screen yeah yeah totally um and and you know laughable now definitely but uh but at the time just the fact that i'd gone from the first sort of five six years of my life just looking at the tv to suddenly being able to control things on the tv um obviously you know kids for some generations now have grown up with this being a normal part of life but back then the idea that you could control something on a screen was was completely beguiling i think probably the machine that put me on this path was space invaders um it was a uh, it it was famously uh, a phenomenon um famously in japan they had to mint more uh 100 yen coins because that so many of them were getting absorbed into taito's space invaders cabinets and it was this i guess it was this heady combination i saw star wars at the age of five when it was new and then space invaders Although you know it's it's very kind of slow and ponderous by today's standards, and even compared to the dogfights in Star Wars, but uh, my imagination was c- completely swept up by this heady mix of space adventures and being able to control things on a screen and being able to shoot alien spaceships on a screen. And I guess you can trace it all the way back to there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we like one of the things I I really appreciate about Canon Rents is the sort of Everybody has completed the game. It's a game removed from. I remember your your uh, Wind Waker uh, review that you guys did ex uh, just a, a few episodes back. It feels like, mm-hmm. and there's kind of that weird disconnect of we know when it came out, a bunch of people had a real problem with the way it looked. Yeah, and of course, so many reviews. If you go and look at, you know scores or whatever they're so influenced by what games were coming out at the time and what what the kind of media and community felt about a game to sort of have that not necessarily nullified but kind of acknowledged and then passed on is really refreshing to me in terms of a game review and that's that's one of the things i sort of love about listening to canon rants thanks yeah the the, i suppose it's never because we cover games that are like you know Wind Waker's case. It's a game that's uh, what thirteen years old, um, only th- and three years old for the for the HD version. Um, it's slightly different to covering a game that's um, that's maybe more recent or 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 another couple of decades old. But anything beyond, I feel like anything beyond a couple of years at least gets you out of that zone where all the accepted conventional wisdom is is purely accepted conventional wisdom and cannot be challenged. So a game that we get, uh, we, we did Bioshock 1 and Bioshock 2 uh, quite a while ago, and we get we get asked to do Bioshock Infinite quite a lot. And, it you know, in some ways it would be interesting to do, and it was a game that I reviewed professionally at the time and gave a high mark, as did virtually every professional reviewer. And yet that, you know, that game experienced a pretty strong... And what felt like a universal almost backlash. So, I yeah. I would love I would like the opportunity to go back and talk about that game, you know, in its own right, away from the expectation, away from the promotional hype, away from the, uh, you know, we'll often quote the the review score average or or, or reviews um, from the time, but it's not that doesn't behold us to anything, um, you know. For for instance. Uh, I, I don't think anyone, even, even we, we, when we did the Shenmue games, we 
we had some, you know, some people who had been, you know, big fans of that game. But I don't think that they would argue that the game would that that game in particular would like score critically the same now as it did back then because so many aspects of it uh, feel like they've they've aged in terms of mechanics and, and gameplay and 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 the audio visual side as well. Um, yeah, so it's interesting, but uh, with yeah, with Bioshock Infinite, I still feel like maybe we're not quite far enough away from the sort of the 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 sort of hot takes on it. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? So right. <laughs> uh, both 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 for and against. So um, so that's the sort of thing we think about anyway when we're when we're thinking about which, which games to cover. Mainly, it's you know stuff that I want to complete <laughs> off my backlog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's the whole thing is the whole thing is is basically an exercise for me to uh, to. Uh, exercise my ego and complete old games <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it what are the rules for your team how, how many people did, did you mention how many people were part of a part of this uh, crew to make the podcast it's it, it's it fluctuates slightly there's there's a couple of guys who have been involved and now no longer are uh, for various reasons we haven't fallen out or anything like that um they've moved on um right. i think at any one time it's uh i think I think it's seven, eight, nine, something like that. Um, okay. And we have a few extended, extended family members, as we call it. We have right. uh, people who do other podcasts or blogs or whatever who we 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 rope in from time to time uh, for their passion or expertise on a particular. Uh, particular subject, particular genre. Um, obviously, you know, having people from other podcasts is good for cross pollination, all that sort of thing. Um, but also, uh, when you know, so like I. I perhaps have uh, more esoteric taste than some of our core team, so sometimes I want to do. Uh, all right, let's. Let, I'll, I'll, I'll change that. I have older, <laughs> older guy taste than some <laughs> of our team because most of our team is uh, is about ten years younger than me. So when I want to talk about stuff uh, from further back, uh, sometimes I have to rope in kind of uh, experts, i.e., older people, to talk about. Uh, retro games see i don't even like the distinction that's another thing that we try yeah. to avoid is is pigeonholing and and uh distinct making distinctions about games based on their age because if we if we were a film podcast we wouldn't say and we're doing a, a retro film this week because we're doing casablanca or the wizard of oz or singing in the rain you know it's like it's a fantastic film that exists that happens to be a to, happens to have been made when it was made i don't I don't like, you know, pigeonholing stuff in in that way. So, um I I tend to try to to change change the language and just say, you know, vintage or classic or something like that. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's just to yeah. stop me feeling old. Good. That's oh, yeah, my, uh, my, uh, <laughs> No, I think yeah. it's important though. I everyone why can't video games be like movies? Why do we have to have retro games? Why can't they be classic vintage games? Just because Space Invaders doesn't have a story to it doesn't mean it's not a great game. Space Invaders is a great game, and I think it holds up to a StarCraft. It's just, yeah. it came in a different day yeah. and age. Yeah, I'd still Definitely. rather play, you know, Mrs. Pac-Man over many, many things that come out well, on Well, there is that, yes. Some, <laughs> some, some of these games have, mm. have really not, you know, not aged a day. The one I nearly always cite is Bubble Bobble, which is now 30 yeah. years old. And genuinely, uh, I, I played that, uh, downloaded it recently on the arcade archives collection for PS4, which uh, is a is a wonderful project by Hamster Corporation of Japan. 
um, and they do these fantastic uh, downloads. They they arguably slightly overcharge for some people's uh, tastes for them. They're like uh, they, they started off at eight pounds over here, so I think they were ten dollars. They've since dropped that a little bit because I think people were finding it slightly prohibitive for for what are you know very very vintage games. But they're beautifully put together, and Bubble Bubble for me is like it it just has not aged a day. You know, obviously it has eight bit graphics. It is it has you know black backdrops and uh, and just platforms on the screen and little sprites but for me that game is no less fun no less challenging no less absorbing than it was 30 years ago and um you know and some games that came out two years ago i i feel like have aged terribly so i think judging games you know by their age is 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 a mistake in my book anyway yeah it's funny when i look back at sort of the earlier console 3d stuff and like playstation one for example a large dearth of that stuff i don't feel like has aged well where i i have to go over and i look at the nintendo side and i'm like you know what bomberman 64 i still you know i still think it's pretty good obviously ocarina of time really great um and and they they have pushed those games forward and kind of ported a bunch of them. I even think like Glover plays better than a lot of <laughs> what I remember. Um, even I think an early PS2 game was like uh, Warriors of Might and Magic, and I went back and like in my head that game was totally different. And then I saw a video, I was like, oh yeah, that's what it was like. This is a nightmare. <laughs> I think PS1 uh, graphics have have aged some of the worst in a way, but uh, but that said, you know I've still got a, a big old collection of of PS1 stuff on my you know that I can play on Vita and PS3, um, and you know it only takes it only takes a few you know an hour or so before you're you're back in there if you're playing Metal Gear Solid or or one of those slightly wobbly polygon games from that era. Yeah. Um, and I was talking about this on another show recently. I can't remember which one, but. Sometimes it's really nice. I was talk- talking about how every time I boot up GTA 5 on PS4, the visuals just blow me away. Well, if you want to multiply that effect, spend a few hours playing a game from a generation or three ago uh, and get get your head back around the idea that like a P- PlayStation 1 era graphics were were the absolute cutting edge in the in the mid 90s and um and then and then just fire up yeah, whatever you know, Overwatch or or No Man's Sky this week or or whatever, and prepare to <laughs> prepare oh, right. to pop your eyeballs back in their sockets. It's fun. I like doing <laughs> that. What are you mainly focusing on? Are you giving up to this to this crew? Uh, what are the guidelines? What are the rules for people to to be able to talk about a review on the show? Like, I'm assuming you need to complete the game. Is it? Yep. Do you have to take part of the multiplayer aspect of a game? Uh, yeah, I'm curious uh, about case that. Case by case basis, really. Uh, yeah, we, the the only hard and fast rule is that you have have to have finished it, and there have even been a few exceptions caused by circumstance that have uh, that have actually there's there's been I think two or three I've ended up not finishing for various reasons um, and and having to bend the rules. We've had a couple of guests on who I thought had finished the game and who hadn't, things like that. But generally, the only real um, the rule is that you have to get to the end probably you know the credits roll you it doesn't you know we always declare what skill level we played it on and where relevant or or whatever whether whether we just mainlined the story or whether we did all the side quests we t- we talk about 
we talk about when we played it and how we played it on what formats for how long and things like that but mainly the the kind of the key rule is just because it was down in our original uh manifesto as it were and it's on our it's on our patreon site that um that we finish the games before we talk about them as i say this was this was really in in response to um both being on a podcast and listening to lots of podcasts where uh they it seemed that most most were obsessed with the latest new and shiny thing and they would uh and w- i say we we would talk for for an hour about a brand new game and say oh my god it's amazing it's the best game ever you got to see this and then right, never right, talk right. about it again um and there's lots of reasons for wanting to talk about to to at least get to the end credits role partly it's because i think you're relationship with the game changes when you've seen it from start to finish i think like it feel it's always felt different to me a game that i've seen the credits roll for uh and i know that you know there are some games where you can get a credits roll after 10 minutes if you do certain things and and whatever else and it, it varies wildly from game to game how how much time you'll need to spend to to see the end credits i, uh, I understand that and everything's uh judged case by case but i've always felt like if i finish a game I always it, there's a little sort of um, compartment in my brain for games that I've actually seen to the end somewhere in my mind, and yeah. and, it, and it slightly changes my my feeling towards them, um, and it can create problems in the sense that uh, doing completing games to a deadline isn't always the most fun way to play them. So we have to acknowledge that as well. Um, sometimes you know we might be uh, recording a, a show. We record quite well in advance. We record like. 10 days in advance generally um to give us a, a little time for mishaps and whatever but we can it can be the case that we've got like you know 10 10 hours of a game still to play and we've only got a night to do it in that you know that sort of thing can be can be challenging and it can create you know um a slight anxiety where where playing the game is slightly less fun because you're you're not just enjoying it you're you're thinking ah i'm gonna run out of time so that's obviously that's a slightly false situation and 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 we acknowledge that but it was i think the main thing is that often games hide some of their kind of or some of the bits that i've found to be the the most and the least enjoyable in their last thirds (laughs) so no it's true uh because Sometimes, isn't it statistically yeah. true that like a bunch of people don't finish games? Hugely so, yeah. Um, and I, I think that's changed over the years. Uh, again, harking back to olden days, and when I was a kid, nobody finished any games really. Um, I think the experience was slightly different in in Europe to in America because in America in the eighties, um, the 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 anecdotal story I hear a lot from from Americans is that uh, you would have an NES. Nintendo and you would get maybe one cartridge every half a year or something you know like one for your birthday one for Christmas kind of thing and because they were expensive maybe you'd have some rentals as well um, but mainly you get a couple of NES games a year and they would be brutally difficult Castlevania or something like that but you would absolutely you know you would play them and play them and play them until you could beat them and knew them inside out that that is you know it's not everyone's experience but that's a, that's a, that's an anecdote i've heard a lot of times in the uk we had 8-bit computer games more we didn't really have the nintendo console it, it arrived latterly in the, in the 80s and didn't sell very well we had commodore spectrums spectrums and amstrads as i'm sure you know and 
virtually nobody finished any of those games. Um, often they weren't; they were literally uncompletable because, like, the later levels just wouldn't be there, or there was a bug <laughs> which deliberately prevented you from finishing the game. Um, there were some exceptions. There, that, this isn't true across the board, but generally, you played games, you didn't finish them. Uh, I remember some of my friends telling me that they'd finished some of Ultimate's games. Uh, you know, Ultimate who became Rare, uh, things like Night Law, and playing those on Rare Replay now, you you'd find it hard to believe but but i think that was the the same thing as i was talking about with the nintendo games people just going well this is amazing and it's all i have to play but i think one of the key differences was that uh british kids which is my experience had this thing where they would uh be in the playground sharing boxes of cassette tapes full of all the games pirated whereas in america you uh you didn't have piracy in the same way because you had nintendo cartridges so we had the con you know from from very early on we had like far too many games and even for even for our, our time rich uh youthful selves it was just like load the next one load the next one load the next one um so yeah i didn't really get into completing games until probably the uh maybe mid mid 90s was when i started properly regularly finishing stuff and um yeah i think it's changed because games are now made to be more finishable even in the sense of you know i keep mentioning no man's sky because it's out this week and everyone's excited about it but that 30 hour uh you know time span that people have mentioned i'm sure you know that the game is not 30 hours long that's obviously what you have to do to complete say the main quest or whatever yeah. you know see the end credits roll but that is that is that is there as an option um but actually to to immerse in the game like skyrim or something you know you you can do the main quest line in a matter of hours but if you want to actually you know live that game uh you're gonna have to spend a lot more time doing stuff but some stuff is still just a to b start a to z rather start to finish and and then bob's your uncle and that's fine too like like inside yeah yeah you know and it's funny too i think when people put a time limit on something like no man's sky there's a part of me that's almost Mm. like you wouldn't say it takes 20 hours to beat minecraft Mm. Mm. not not necessarily that these are going to be the same type of game but uh there's just something to it of like you, you they seem to have built a systematic approach of something where you can spend as much time as you choose to spend in it right if your thing is discovering these planets well there's turns out there's a lot of planets to go to um yeah. well i know we're we're about uh, out of time but i did uh, i'd be remiss if uh, you've made too many references about you being old for me <laughs> to uh, to not ask this question but i I ask this a lot of, of uh, I think of Sandy and Yannick and, and certainly friends of mine. You still play games. You're playing current games. And did you have a, a moment or a time in your life where you sort of realized, you know, your friends would be like, oh, I love video games. And you're like, oh, I love games too. And they start talking about the games they love. And you realize that like, oh, you don't play video games anymore. <laughs> and right. I'm sort of I'm still playing I'm like up on the latest stuff but you're just kind of like oh I liked Mario and is there sort of I don't know maybe it's it's different uh, across the pond but what sort of sort uh, stigma do you think is yeah. attached to being an adult that's that's playing games or do you find that uh, it's it's treated differently to me than someone who you know if you're a 40 year old person and you mm. say, oh, I really love movies. Nobody goes, oh, that's kind of no. weird. 
Well, I think it's changed um, because, uh, you know, the world has grown in the same way as like one time rock and roll was a thing for only the young uh, counterculture youth. Yeah. It became completely mainstream. You know, you've now got 70 year old Rolling Stones doing concerts to uh, thousands of 65 uh, year old people. And, 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 <laughs> right. and that's normal. Um, and I think now kind of not everybody, but almost everybody does some sort of gaming. So I don't think the stigma is really there anymore. It, it, you know, whether you're talking Candy Crush, Pokemon Go, you know, whatever. So, yeah, certainly um, I'd say the vast majority of my, you know, I've made a lot of friends through doing the podcast and being on social media and, you know, they're nearly all kind of committed, quotes, hardcore you know, enthusiast gamers, whatever you want to call them. A hundred percent gamers. <laughs> yeah. Whereas most of my friends, my, my real life friends, people I've grown up with have all, you know, had phases of playing a lot of video games. Some of them were in the, you know, 16 and 32 bit eras. Um, yeah. And I guess a lot of my friends have drifted away from the, you know, obsessively playing everything thing, even if, yeah, I mean, most of them never had it. Most of them never were, were as, obsessive about it as as i am um and obviously you know a huge facet of that is a huge factor is that um lots of my friends have had children um and that by you know by its nature that should be the thing that you focus on and it takes up a lot of your time that said i also know a load of you know hardcore enthusiast gamers who have kids and still manage to just about somehow uh commit to it so no i don't feel i honestly um I don't think I feel any stigma these days. I think maybe in the past, maybe when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, because of being that age and where games were then. But now being a, a mid-40s gamer, um, I feel no stigma. And if it is there, I wouldn't care anyway because I'm 44. You know, it's like I'm just uh, I'm too old to care about what other people think in that <laughs> respect. Um, I have a lot of, I have an enormous amount of fun making my podcasts um they're they're the thing that i've achieved in my life that i'm the most proud of um you know we have an audience there's there's no other way there's nothing else that i you know i, I love music i love football i love video uh, music um what did i say films uh, i like films, all this yeah. stuff i like lots of other stuff is what i'm trying to say um and i probably could have you know done a podcast on on some of those things but there was no way that I would have had the same level of commitment and passion as I do about video games. And I don't think I would have managed to get the, the sort of the size of audience that, that we've got with, with Kane and Rince. So it's just like this big, for me, it, like, yeah, it's just a big shared kind of passion with all these people, all our listeners and, and all the people I interact with on social media. And yeah, if there's like one or two people left out there who, who, who would have any sort of, you know, oh my God, you're a 40 something year old playing video games. I would just be like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm having the time of my life doing it. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The only, you know, the only, um, the only sadness is that, uh, you know, time, time is, 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 doesn't go any slower. It just time accelerates as you get older. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, I'm, ne I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna, be able to play everything that I want to play that's the only that's the only frustrating thing and you know I do do other stuff I do have I, as I say I do maintain a relationship I have other hobbies I have friends but I am you know completely invested in in video games and and they are as we all know as you all know it's just one of the most time consuming uh, pastimes you can possibly have yeah. at 25 I also get uh oh you do play video games and I also have to just say yep 
And I, I think of I've gone past word, that. Have you, um, Sandy? No one questions me. They're like, oh, Sandy's into toys and video games. And I'm like, yeah, and what of it? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of an old question to ask at this point because you're right. We are sort of in a day and age where people have grown up their entire lives in video games. And those people are not 10-year-olds or 12-year-olds. Those people are 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds at this point. Even if the games have changed in complexity and stuff over the years. I think the real tragedy for all of us is after we're all gone off this earth, they'll probably still have the nerve to keep making video games that we're not going <laughs> to get to play. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, Rating. I don't want to finish on that note. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you can obviously, for uh, our listeners, you can get every previous episode of our show for free at pixelscast.com. And uh, you can follow, or pixelscast, pixelsweekly.com. I don't even know our URL anymore. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at pixelscast. And uh, Mr. Leon, where can everybody uh, find you and listen to Kane and Rinse stuff? Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, uh, kaneandrinse.com. Everything's there. Uh, we have a forum, which is uh, which is quite busy. Unlike many forums these days, it's still got a lot of users, and it's very friendly and intelligent. And there's no nastiness on it. We have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel, uh, and all that. But yeah, the the gateway to everything is canarince.com. Um, and you guys and are you- doing a Patreon too, right? Yeah. Thanks for mentioning it. We have a <laughs> Patreon. Uh, yeah, Patreon dot com slash cana rinse um but that's just i mean really that's mainly for our people who have uh have spent a lot of time listening to our stuff and uh and getting a lot out of it and feel that they want to contribute to its uh its continuing um quality and and uh yeah general efforts going forward um was there sort of a discussion of like kickstarter versus patreon or uh yeah but i suppose the 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 patreon is kind of ongoing whereas kickstarter feels more like you know we're going to set a target and if we get there we're going to do a thing um i wouldn't say we'd ever rule out doing a kickstarter for a particular thing um but if patreon we just run like a tips jar like a donation box basically it's there's no we haven't done any um a lot and nothing against anyone who does but uh, a lot of places with patreon say you know if you pay this much you can have access to this or whatever we don't do any of that everything's just out there and free and it's just like if you like what we do and you appreciate the many many hours that we put in um you can contribute to our running costs basically by by giving us a dollar a month or whatever so yeah it's so simple as that um longer term and we've been talking about this four or five years um but like everything we want to do it properly or not at all we do want to do a live event we did one with our previous podcast uh, gamer dork and it was quite mm. successful um uh we managed to you know get together a decent amount of people in a in a live venue and uh and and that was fun um it's something we'd like to do but it's prohibitive to do with our own you know off our own backs um, and we also wanted, you know, enough capital to make it so that it's an event that's actually worth people coming to and not just, you know, yeah. amateur night sort of thing. So that's still in the works. But, um, yeah, we're not there yet. Uh, however, if everyone who listens to Kane and Rince gave us a dollar a month, uh, we could we would be a full time um you know professional <laughs> outfit so uh, that's, that's so, yeah. a very good way to plug it too that's uh that's the for a dollar a month you can save a child's life or <laughs> <laughs> well we do i i should say yeah i should say on our on our patreon page 
anyone who thinks that we're out of order asking for money to to do our thing that we enjoy doing anyway completely understand uh give money to special effect who do loads of amazing work with video games and uh people with disabilities yeah well i mean i uh like i said uh, I, I think I originally found you guys from some internet article that was talking about great mm. video game podcasts. and uh, Vice, probably. They, uh, yes. They, we owe them a lot. Uh, yeah. yeah. Jager Gravening wrote that, and uh, he just caught, contacted me out of the blue and said, I'm writing a thing about video games podcasts. I really like yours. Can I interview you? And, uh, yeah, I think that, that pretty much doubled our audience or trebled it, possibly. Um, I mean, their office is four blocks away from me, so I should probably stop by there. <laughs> get in and, you know, Sandy and Yannick, I heard Leon talking a little bit earlier about having guests on from other podcasts, so maybe we should start greasing these wheels. Maybe we need to get on this Patreon bandwagon. Well, I mean, for sure, this uh, this episode was refreshing. It's something You brought something different to our show that we usually stupidly make up, you know, make together. Uh, there was a lot of interesting thing out there that I'm I, sorry, also, I, didn't, I feel also like learned. I didn't, I didn't let you guys... I'm doing it now. I didn't let you guys talk at all. I, I know, it's fine. <laughs> we talk a lot. You get to talk. You get yeah, that to was talk. a good guest, man. You're it was great. about you. I didn't see this hour and a half passing. You know, most of the time we got to pull it, pull it off. And this yeah. time it's like... <laughs> We've hello. all been at the end of an episode going, all right, now what, what kind of... How's this going to go? <laughs> She's eating ice cream. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, Sandy starts eating on mic. It's very... It's all terrible. But, uh, I love ice cream. Didn't happen this time. Well, uh, yeah, I can't wait to uh, hear more of Kane and Rince and and play along with you guys and uh, continue the journey. So I think well, that... Thanks that, for having uh, me on. Yeah, thank you for being on. All right, that's the end of our show. And until next time... Aloha. Au revoir. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>